0: Welcome back everybody. Balls and Beards podcast, season 3, episode 10. Back at it after a couple week hiatus. Uh Sports Guy Chris here with my good friend Mikey. How you doing on this lovely eh, early evening here on Saturday of 4th of July weekend, my friend? Yeah,
1: you know what? Um it's it's sweat it's hot as hell. Uh, it summer's is. here. It- Came in a hurry. Uh, but, uh, you know, I am doing A-OK. There's been a flurry of activity in the NBA. Like said, as a Lakers so, fan, yeah. you've
0: got to be pretty happy with uh, today. We'll get to that yep. later. Yeah, um, I've got course, no complaints. Guys, big free agency stuff going on in the NBA. We're, we're a couple days in here, and we've got a lot to cover there. But before yes, we sir. get to all of that, including Mikey's Lakers making a lot of moves, my Bucks, you yeah, know, bringing back a few guys. We'll touch on that a little bit, too. But... Um, because of my little trip to Wisconsin, the last time we convened, the NBA finals were still going on, although, uh, they were pretty much wrapped up. But since then, of course, Denver, uh, went ahead, won that title, you know, a team that's been on the cusp for the last couple of years, couldn't seem to be healthy come playoff time. They were healthy this year and Mikey boy, did they look good, especially, um, I mean, really this whole playoff run, honestly, yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah. you know, what they did, you know to the Lakers and then and then to Miami. I mean that just really wasn't much of a series either. So hats off to Denver. Um you know probably one of the all-time great playoff performances um in history by Joker. Probably didn't get talked about enough, but um so
1: dude, um yeah.
0: you know Denver takes it home. What are your thoughts, man?
1: You know what? Uh, first off, congratulations to uh the Denver Nuggets on winning the 2022-2023 season uh NBA championship. Uh, you know they 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 were the number one seed in the Western Conference for you know after things kind of started settling down after the midway point of the season you know the Denver Nuggets certainly looked as if they were going to be the the best team in the West um, and uh, you know it was uh it, it was a team that you know you you kind of looked at and and it was hard not to root for them. I mean, neither team, like whichever team won, it was going to be like, all right, cool. Like I, I wouldn't, I didn't have a rooting, uh, a vested interest or a rooting interest in either team. I just wanted a, a good series. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the, the thing about the Denver Nuggets is, you know, you look at a coach that's been there for a good amount of time and Mike Malone. Yes. um You know, a guy that's gone to bat for his guys, that's gone to bat for, you know, Jamal Murray, who went down with the injury a few years ago, didn't know if he was going to play again. Yeah. You know, they right. had his yeah. back. You know, yeah. they reassured yeah. him that they wasn't going to get traded, that he was going to stay with the team. And, you know, and, and I, I think... You know, to, to a large degree, it's what the, the Golden State Warriors have done so well over their run. Yeah, yeah. But on a much, on a smaller scale, just because you have homegrown talent in somebody in, you know, the MVP, the finals MVP in the Joker, uh, drafted 41st overall, drafted during a Taco Bell commercial, yeah, uh, who, yeah. you know, is one of those guys that you look at. And if you're just a dude sitting on the couch watching basketball, you're like... Look at, how is that guy an NBA player? You know, he looks like a, you know, yeah. Joe Everyman. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he, he he's arguably, you know, uh, one of the best players in the world. And yeah. you look at the way he just dissected the defenses over the course of the regular season. And then again in the playoffs and the finals. Uh, you know, here's a seven-footer bringing the ball up. I mean, we used to like... Cheer like ceremoniously when Shaq would do that, yeah, but right. it was just also like give up the ball to a guard. Yeah,
0: okay, pass it. <laughs> but then you see
1: Joker bringing their ball up, and you don't see any pressure coming from a guard or yeah. a, a big guy or anything like that. And you're like, how is this dude able to do it? But anyway, I digress. All I'm saying is, is that you had a team that was homegrown, that, yeah. that had yeah. guys in Jamal Murray, drafted him, Joker, they drafted him. Yeah, um, you know Porter, Michael Porter Jr., who went him. through an injury-plagued couple of years in his first season, yeah. thought that maybe he was going to be a bust coming out of the draft. With you know he had a high ceiling, mm-hmm. you know this tremendous potential, you know, but he ended up being not just an offensive guy, but he ended up being a pretty good defensive That's presence for them play, as Mikey. well. Yeah, he really did. Um, you know, uh, and then you kind of take a flyer on an Aaron Gordon. Uh, you bring him over from Orlando that, and you kinda, right? you know, give him a second wind and allow him to blossom. And, and he was a lot of times guarding the other team's best players. He was. Yep. Uh, but, and he was still playing well. Uh, one of my favorite guys, KCP, you know, a guy that yeah, won a championship yeah. with the Lakers. Yep. The lone guy on that franchise, the Denver franchise, to have won a title. Um, and, you know, at the ripe old age of, what, 26, 27, yeah. whatever he is. Yeah. And, you know, he was able to guide them. Yeah. I, I'm just saying that, like they, they, you, you, when these teams look at blueprints for how they want to be successful, and you look at the movement of guys like you know James Harden, who's yet again, we'll get to him, but you know he's yet again asked for a trade, right? Yeah, yeah. You look at somebody like Kevin Durant, who had something good going in OKC, and you know they disbanded the Westbrook-Harden-Durant experiment. And he's not been able to find a home since. I, yeah. I, I mean, you know, what's what's going to be the over-under on his time in, in Phoenix? Is it going to be about a season and a half?
0: Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. Before
1: he's going to want out there because yeah. he's just not having the success that he had, at, you mm-hmm. know, either in OKC or in Golden State. Um, so you look at this and, and you just, you know, it, it's a thing of beauty. It, it's a, the, to, to sum it all up, man, it, it's just a beautiful thing to watch two franchises, really, in the heat and the nuggets who have a specific philosophy, they stick to that philosophy and you know, they don't deviate from it. And yeah. and 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 they they knew that if they did things the right way. So when you hear these guys, it's one of my biggest pet peeves, is you hear GMs and coaches and you know, players talking about, "Oh, he plays the right way and he plays the right way." I think you watch these two series, these two teams and you watch the Denver Nuggets Chris and you're like, that's the right way.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's right, yeah. the
1: right way. Like that was yep. picture perfect the right way.
0: Complimentary basketball. Complimentary basketball. Everybody knowing
1: yeah. their roles. Yep. No one was bitching and complaining. Exactly. No one was yeah. you know, oh I'm not getting the spotlight. It was right. it was a shared thing. Yeah. It, it was just a thing of beauty, man. And and, and just I, I I couldn't be happier for that franchise or for that team. Uh, you know, kudos to them. I, yeah. One hundred percent. And, you know, it was just those
0: are my thoughts. I I think that's well said, Mikey. I I totally agree with you. I thought watching them, uh, to your point, was just some very just beautiful basketball yep. to watch, especially in today's NBA. Yeah, um, they can shoot the three, but watching Joker in the post, watching his ability to pass, knowing everybody, knowing their role, um, you know, Jamal Murray taking over games at times with his scoring ability when he yeah. needed to. Um and and you know Joker, one game piling up twenty rebounds. The yeah. next game piling up fifteen assists. Yeah, you know, uh scoring thirty or forty points while doing that. Right. And then one night he scores twenty. Jamal Murray scores forty, and they still win the game. Right. Like,
1: and there was and a game too, if I'm not mistaken, where both of them had thirty point triple doubles. Both of them. Uh, Jamal had Murray had, had made it by one assist. Yeah. But yeah, he had. They both had yeah. triple doubles. To your Thirty points. Point you doubles. know,
0: game one of the finals, Aaron Gordon twelve points in the first quarter and ended up with fourteen for the game. But he was the guy with nobody it was scoring in the first quarter. He's like, I got you guys. Right. He scores. Rest of the game, everybody gets going. Okay, he goes yeah. back to being that defensive guy. But just each guy stepping up. There was a game, a game or two. Michael Porter didn't score much, but his defensive prowess was there. He was getting double-digit rebounds through most of that series. And then there was a few games he was in double digits. You know, a guy that we'll probably touch on at least a little bit because he's now gone in free agency, but Bruce Brown. I mean, talk about a guy showing up big. Again, a great complimentary player, hitting threes for him, providing some defense, a little spark off the bench. Very much what he did for the Nets a couple years ago when you know they Mm -hmm. nearly Mm -hmm. took out my bucks um, in that semifinal series. He was very much... Um, that one guy, you know, out of their big three that was able to give them some points and some really good solid minutes. So, um, you know, just great complimentary basketball. And then, like you said, KCP, a guy that won a championship and a guy that, clear again, knew his role, came in, good energy guy, you know, uh, scored when they needed him to. You know, I think there was at least one game in the finals where he had 16. There's another one he had seven. So, I mean, when you're, when you're sixth or seventh guy can come in, and give you stuff like that not turn the ball over it was great it was yeah. great to see it just wasn't Christian Brown doing
1: the same Christian thing Christian Brown Jeff yeah, Green coming yeah, it, in and it, giving some minutes it, yeah. it
0: was it was great i totally agree with you fun basketball to watch complimentary all the way around guys knowing their roles guys able to hit threes but able to score in the paint mm-hmm. you know uh, but not not just joker you know other guys oh, yeah. as well so it was just like to your point great Great basketball to watch all the way around. And Miami as well. You know, a team that you knew was never gonna be truly out of it. You know, they yeah. to their credit, yeah, they lost that series four to one, but they scrapped the whole way. Yeah. I mean, it, it was never a game where they went out, they got blown out by thirty or forty points. They they were scrappy like they had been the whole playoffs. You know, um Jimmy Butler, I, I think he was understandable. You, you you can only kind of play at that incredible, I'm going to score 45 a game level for so long. Right. And you start to run out of a little juice and you get up with different matchups and I think just the overall length and, and defensive prowess, different guys that they could throw at him as far as Denver went, you know, just it wasn't enough left in the tank. That's where you really needed to have maybe a, a healthy Tyler Hero and, you know, a full core of guys, but Um, You know, just hats off to them, of course. We heard about it over and over, but all the undrafted guys make an Mm -hmm. impact. And we'll touch on it too now a couple of those guys getting some deals and going on to other teams as well. So really getting their opportunity. But it was a great finals. It was a finals, you know, going back to the beginning of the playoffs. I don't care what anybody out there says. Nobody, no expert, nobody out there. I doubt even the Heat play by play guy or the radio guys picked that finals to happen. So um, that's always fun to see. As well, you know, it was like, yeah, the, the West is the wide open one. It, you know, it could be the Lakers or it could be the Warriors. And to the Lakers' credit, they got to the Western Finals. as Yes, a they, did. So, yes uh, they did. But, you know, it ended up being uh, Denver in the end anyway. And on the East, we were all like, well, it's got to be Boston, or Milwaukee, maybe the 76ers. Yeah. Nobody else has a chance in hell. Nope. And here come the Heat. So, Correct. Um, great, just great playoff series all the way around. But I'm, I'm with you. Kudos to Denver. Hats off. Uh, Nice to see those guys get a title um, and, you know, uh, able to be healthy. Yes, sir. You know, with that core, you know, I know they lost Bruce Brown, but with the rest of that core, man, and and those guys just maybe, maybe coming into their prime right now, watch out. That team's going to be around for a few more years to come.
1: I agree. I agree
0: 100%. Absolutely. All right, brother. Well, we'll take a quick little segment break here, and then when we come back, guys, We have to jump in, of course, to the NBA free agency extravaganza that's going on. We got a lot to cover. We'll take a quick break. We'll touch on that in a minute. Welcome back, everybody. Balls and Beards Podcast, Season 3, Episode 10. Time to dive in into this NBA free agency. Of course, Mikey and I gave you a quick little recap, gave you our quick thoughts on the NBA finals and Denver taking home the championship. And now it's time to switch over, of course, to what's been dominating the headlines, and rightfully so, the last couple days, Mikey. And that's NBA free agency, of course. We had some trades, you know, kicking this off before we got to free agency that we've got to touch on as well. Some yes, big sir. trades that kind of got everything going, but... um Couple big superstars changing teams, of course, with Chris Paul and uh, um, why did I forget his name? Bradley Beal. Wow, yeah. sorry. Uh huh. Yeah, that's, that's what okay. happens when you play with, right. with the Wizards your entire career. Um, uh, but you know, I'll, I'll probably remember his name better this year with the Suns. But, dude, uh, let's start with those couple trades. And of course, I know. Let's do it, you, Chris Naps you know, Przingis to Boston. Yeah, yeah, that one. I don't know what they're doing, but yeah. we'll touch on that too. Dude, what do you think of these trades? You take me through whichever ones you want to go for and kind of give me your thoughts and and we'll go from there, so.
1: Yeah, so, um, you know, I, I the Phoenix Suns are, you know, that new owner, he, he, he's going all in.
0: Oh, definitely, uh, yeah. You know, yeah. He,
1: he, he's going all in on this, you know, this idea that, uh, you know, we need more stars, I, I guess, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, you, you gutted your roster uh, to get Kevin Durant. You gave up, you know, Cam Johnson. You gave up Mikael Bridges, uh, two really key pieces as we've talked about right. you know, a lot on this podcast. And you, you know, it, it, you you saw that in the playoffs. You, you yeah. saw how how that hurts you to to the nth degree. Um, you know, same thing. Uh, you know, with 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 an often injured Chris Paul, who they traded, you know, to get Bradley Beal. Uh, you know that was going to strap them for what they could do in free agency that's true um, yeah, you know we were correct. talking about yeah. it a little bit before we hit record here and obviously you know you have a situation here where you're going to have to fill out your roster with a bunch of you know uh, limited contracts you're, you're going to have to yeah. fill out your roster but we talked about it too just in the sense that like you know with Kevin Durant and and Bradley Beal you get two guys who have probably played at best Two thirds to fifty percent, fifty percent to two thirds of the last few seasons, right? Yeah, I think that's Bradley Beal probably yeah, closer I, to that two thirds mark, and Kevin Durant that fifty percent mark. I think
0: you're hundred percent on the Devin
1: mark, Booker yeah. has been rel- he's been really good in terms of you know he's been pretty solid with regards to his health. But even still, you you you, you got two guys now that don't play a whole lot of the NBA season. So yeah, and, yeah. and I've talked about this before. I, I mean, look, if the Lakers are going to catch crap from from talking heads for the amount of time that Anthony Davis misses or the time that LeBron James misses even damn near close to 40 years yeah, old yeah. Consider, you know a few years older than Kevin Durant and rightfully so not to mention he's played a hell of a lot more basketball uh, yeah. you know he's played more bas- more playoff basketball than Kevin Kevin Durant's probably yeah LeBron's probably played just about as much playoff basketball as Kevin Durant has missed playing basketball that you know? yeah, sounds about right. Uh, yeah. So, you know, um, it, it just... It, so that, I, That's just the frustration uh, talking there. Just because of the, the dialogue Get that exists... Get fired up ready, guys. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, just because of the dialogue that exists out there with regards to well, that's the, fair. In, the often that's injured... Fair. Yes. Yep. Anthony Davis is injured often. Absolutely. LeBron James in the last couple seasons has not played... He's played 50 games or so, you know, last yep. couple seasons. Yep. But again, guys, he's played a shitload of basketball. Excuse my French. He's played a bunch of basketball, so it, yes. Uh, but Kevin Durant, I, I'm just saying that like you put all your chips in on this roster, you have a DeAndre Ayton now with a new coach that perhaps is going to be able to help turn things around, give this guy a little bit more of a role, a defined role.
0: Yeah. The problem
1: yes. is with that situation is that DeAndre Ayton, for a brief period of time, especially after Chris Paul first arrived in the Valley of the Sun, you had a guy that could play pick and roll with him, right? Yeah. You had a guy that could pick and pop. You had a guy in Chris Paul that was a—he's an, an expert at the pick and roll—and you had a—and could get eight in the ball for a 15, 16 sixteen-foot jump shot or 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 a shot at the rim, a lob at the rim, right? What do you got now? You you got you got point. you know Bradley Beal, who's not exactly a pass-first guy. Is Devin Booker, not exactly a pass-first guy. Uh, Kevin Durant, not exactly a pass-first guy. What are you gonna do? That's a great point. How are you That's going to address point. that situation? Yeah. How How is Frank Vogel? Now, granted, Frank Vogel is going to have the speech where he's going to talk about sacrifice. We're going to have to sacrifice. Well, no duh, Sherlock, because yeah. you've got guys. You only have one basketball. Yeah. Somebody's going to have to sacrifice. Now, we just got done talking about the beautiful basketball that existed up in Denver in the High Very it, nice. right?
0: Yeah, complimentary all had the way around. Two
1: stars in Jamal Murray and, and Joker and then some, you know, stars on probably other teams perhaps in an Aaron Gordon or a Michael Porter Jr. or something sure. like that but there was a shared collective responsibility there that they understood that if it's not me it's another guy they had a next man up mentality same thing with the Miami Heat is that going to happen in Phoenix I have my doubts I yeah. have my sincere doubts I I think it, I I'm going to go out my hot take so far is that free agency's not over yet. They they still could make some moves. They made sure. a couple free agent signings that are pretty solid. But this is going to be another piss-poor season for Phoenix. I'm sorry to say Ooh, they're going to be they're going to be not middling sold. in the middle of the pack. I just looking at the moves of other teams in the Western Conference, thus far in this very early free agency period, I don't know how Phoenix is going to compete especially on the defensive end against some of these teams.
0: I think that's a fair statement, Mikey. I, I agree with you. I, I mean, you know, look, is its is, is what they have put together intriguing so far? Yeah, sure. Devin Booker, I mean, uh, Durant, guys that were literally alternating, scoring 30, 40 points a game in the playoffs. Um, and then you bring in Bradley Beal, of course, you know, a guy who – yeah, I, you know the Wizards made the playoffs. I think it was a couple years ago as an eight, and they got promptly swept right away. But mm-hmm. you know, other than that, not much playoff basketball. Not a not a whole lot. So, um, and and to your point, a guy that's been hurt, and then you know DeAndre Ayton who is just weird. Like all yeah. that he was going to be traded last year, he wasn't. You know, before Chris Paul even came about, you know the talks were. Oh yeah, they'll move on from him this off season. Clearly, they're not. I, I think. They're understanding the value of a guy that can protect the rim and the fact that, you know, he before he kind of lost his role over the last couple of seasons was on a very high trajectory. His first couple of years were pretty damn good in this league. Yeah. So um, it'll be interesting to your point to see how Frank Vogel makes some work. But um, you also make a great point. Who's going to play defense for this team? Um, I, I don't. None of these guys are really lockdown defenders. Yeah, Aiton can provide you with some rim protection, but I, the depth was traded away, and, and then, like you said, with the other teams that are making moves here in the West, it's that lack of depth, and their one injury from being just nothing, honestly. Yeah. I mean, one of those guys gets hurt, one of those big three in particular. I think they could maybe withstand a DeAndre Aiton injury, but one of those other three guys gets hurt, and it's going to be very difficult for them to go out and and win a playoff series against a team with any kind of talent. And the West is stacked with talent. You know, the East might have had some more top-heavy teams, but the West, from from top to bottom, is is still a much tougher uh, conference, in, in my opinion. And and I think the playoffs. Yeah, the Heat got there as an eight, but you know the the Warriors and Lakers. Mm-hmm obviously as six and seven seeds were were extremely difficult to deal with so um, yeah man I I just I like you said I want to see if they're how they're able to round things out but we kind of already know how it's gonna work I mean they're gonna be like league minimum guys mm-hmm. um, so I just don't know I don't yeah. know if this formula is gonna work anymore um, it worked briefly for the heat obviously when the the, the super team stuff really first come, came on with LeBron going down there and teaming up of course with with uh, Bosh and D Wade. Yeah. But even then, um, you could argue yeah, they won two championships, but you could even argue it's funny to say that that would be a disappointment, but when I remember those introductory press conferences, we're going yeah. six titles. Yeah. Six in a row, and they went and lost their first finals right yeah, away. Yeah. Um so, yeah I, yeah, I I don't know, man, you know like I'm with you. you. I'm, I'm with out. you. Look, I, I just know. did the
1: math. I looked it up right now. And between Bradley Beal, who makes $46 million coming up this next season, Kevin Durant, who makes $47 million this next year, Devin Booker, who makes $36 million, DeAndre Ayton's gonna going to be coming into his contract extension, and he signed $32 million. So Oof. between those four players, presumably all starters, right? Yep. Yo. You have committed. Just next year alone, you've committed to $160 million. So, wow. yeah. I mean, look. And, you know, I'm looking through what they've done elsewhere. They, they signed Drew Eubanks, who's a solid, you know, backup center, can shoot the three, whatever. They're probably, their splashiest trade that they've made or their free agent pickup that they got was Utah Watanabe, um, the Japanese player from that was last playing in Brooklyn. Okay. They re-signed Damian Lee. Josh Okogie, who are kind of more of those defensive guys. But look, Tory Craig was arguably their better defensive guy coming totally. in yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, for them. And they haven't signed him. And, you know, there's probably a reason why. There's probably not a huge market for the dude. They probably think True. they can get him for a very small deal. Yep. And you see this a lot, right? You see guys that are on those kind of fringes that, you know, you probably, their agents or their respective teams probably said, look, we, we got bigger things, mm-hmm. bigger fish we need to fry. Don't worry, this is kind of what we're thinking, you know, whatever. And, and if you want to re-sign, you know, we'll do that. I, I think that's kind of the case. But again, to your point, dude, you, you, you don't have – there's nothing on this roster outside of those big four that screams success.
0: Totally agree man. Yeah. I I I'm with you. I am with you. I think this right now it's a middling team. I just don't see any other way, you Correct. know. I I, I agree, agree with, with that 100%. I
1: yep. agree with that 100%. What team would you want to talk about next, sir? Well, um, you know, I uh, let's talk about Boston, you know. Okay. Let's talk let's about talk the about Celtics.
0: I, I I was a little surprised uh with with some of the moves here, of course, you know, Marcus Smart moving on from him was, was a, a surprise. I know he had been rumored to be in trades the last couple Correct. off seasons. So now the fact that they finally pulled the trigger, um, you know, after they bowed out in the playoffs in that really, truly unique uh, Eastern Finals to, to the Heat where, yeah. you know, they're down 3 nothing, win three in a row, get a tip in to win game six, literally 0.1 seconds to go back to Boston. As Charles Barkley said, everybody was picking them to take care of business on their home floor. They lose by double digits in a game where they didn't show up.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. and then
0: right away was coming out of that, well, they're gonna have to make some changes. You know, Jalen Brown isn't happy. Blah 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 blah. And then they, right away it's no no, we're committing to Tatum and Brown, which is good. I mean that that's your that's your bread and butter right there. But Marcus Smart was your great compliment, uh, and it, really the guy that did everything for you. Yes. honestly, and and your best. Defender, especially on-ball defender, and it wasn't even close. But a good leader, yeah, uh, as well. Yeah, Uh, but just a a guy that could hit a three when he needed him to. I mean, he was his playmaking ability was kind of underrated in my opinion. There was a lot of times where Jason Tatum shrunk, and Marcus Smart was out there making plays to keep them in games. There's a lot of times where. Jalen Brown had 30 and then showed up and scored 12 the next game. Yep. And Marcus Smart was out there making yep. threes because he couldn't. So when you lose one of your good complements like that, in particular a really good defender, mm-hmm. I'm just curious how that's going to end up working. And then, you know, you bring in a guy like Porzingis, which I, I mean, I, I don't know, that doesn't excite me at all. Maybe five years ago it would. But I just I don't know how, how swapping, making that swap, in today's NBA, where perimeter shooting and, and perimeter defense is is really at a premium, and, mm. and I'm just not sold as Porzingis even being that great anymore. Yeah. Like he's just been traded around now the last couple years to crappy teams and didn't work out. I mean, we we they sent him down to Dallas to try to make that work out with Luca, and, yep. and it didn't work at all. Correct. Honestly. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I, Boston is still probably going to be there because they have most of these guys. Uh, but when they talked about making moves, I, I, these weren't the moves I kind of saw coming, Mikey, to be honest with you. So I, as far as where the needle went, I don't think it went anywhere for Boston, to be honest with you. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of curious. I'm just kind of scratching my head a little bit trying to figure out the rationale. So that's where I'm at with them. Okay. As a Lakers fan, yeah. I'm sure you're ready to chime in. But yeah, how do you feel, dude? Yeah. I mean, did these yeah. moves make sense to you, or or are you kind of like me and trying to figure out exactly where they're going here?
1: Yeah, so um, it's a head-scratcher. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Again, we just got done talking about, like, Kevin Durant and, and you know, his often – injury-plagued uh, seasons, mm-hmm. and Prazingis is no different. And, no, exactly, yeah. You know, you, you already have a big, in Robert Williams, who's a considerable difference maker when he's actually out there on the floor. But Absolutely. then he's hurt more often than he's playing. True. You've got an older guy in Al Horford who, you know, he can shoot the three, but he's undersized. I mean, clearly, you know, this to me screams of what, and this is, this is what happens, right? So, Denver Nuggets win the the title. Finals MVP is Nikola Jokic. Nikola Jokic is a seven-footer who has nice nice touch around the rim. He's got he's got the ability to shoot from range. he's got the ability to kind of put the ball on the floor with these kind of weird herky jerky moves. He's got excellent footwork, right? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Not the greatest uh, defensive player, but he is a great rebounder, which is I guess indicative of a little bit good you know defense at least fundamentals, right? So Boston goes out and gets a guy that's Joker light. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Doesn't have doesn't have the yeah. weight or necessarily the ball handling right. that Joker does. Right. But he's got scoring touch. Mike? He 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 he's he's, he's, uh, yeah. he's probably not he's not as good of a rebounder as Joker, but he's yeah. seven feet tall. Yeah. So he he gotta check some of those boxes, right? Right, so you okay. gotta think I that see. He's not the playmaker. So that's the thing. You went and got a guy. But he's a playmaker to the point where he does have enough offense that he can help offset or make things potentially easier for Jalen Brown or and Jason Tatum. I just think that he clogs up the offense too much. I, I, I don't think he's going to be on the floor a lot. And then he goes... He's never really played with the expect... He's never played for a team. Even in Dallas, Justin... You can correct me if I'm wrong on this, buddy, but outside of Dallas and playing with Luca, and even then, I don't think the expectations there are nearly going to be as high as they will no. be in Boston. You're talking you about a team that, for the last right. several years, yep. has been the favorites to win the East or the yeah. f- uh, a, a favorite to win the title. And now you go to that team that bring yes, they traded away Marcus Smart. Uh you know, um but you're keeping a lot of your core intact, right? You got Tatum, you got Brown, you got Brogdon you're keeping, Derek White you're keeping, Robert Williams, Al Horford, Peyton Peyton Pritchett. Uh
0: yeah, in, so, mean, those bringing those guys, all those dudes. bringing those guys yeah. back. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. Which is The Expectations are not changing. No, the expectations no, they're are right where they exactly. are, if not more. And then you, you look at the fact the that you know, James Harden most likely is going to be putting on a new uniform last year. So now Philly, what are their expectations? Get to them soon. Sure. But like so now how are you going to how are you going to monitor that? How, how are you going to deal with that? All is this right. a Ben Simmons situation where you got yeah, a guy that's yeah. going to be hurt, that's going to be fielding questions about like, "Hey dude, how about your durability? Hey dude, yeah. how about, you know?"
0: Yeah. That's I agree. I it was just an interesting swap yep. out to me for a guy who is overwhelmingly been healthy correct and, and provides you know some certain things for it. you made a good point as far as like trying to emulate you know what Denver had and trying to get a Joker light or even a Joker ultra light maybe in Forzingis in but again to your point he's also a guy that is not always available to be on the floor. Correct. So
1: uh, when, when the Lakers were winning titles and Shaq was winning MVPs, what did every team in the NBA do? Every seven footer that was coming out of Europe or the, or college, teams were stacking up on. seven-footers. Oh seven yeah, footers. they were drafting
0: all these guys. Yeah, not
1: necessarily for any reason other than to have a seven footer to guard Shaq yeah. and 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 have six fouls on the on the bench. Right. Yeah. So that I think that to me is what is what Boston doing. So I would like to now. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Move on to Sounds the team good. that Marcus Smart is now going to be playing okay. for, a team that I All think right. has made some pretty solid moves. Yes, yes. I, I think they've looked at what how their season ended. I think they're looking at how, uh, uh, not just in the regular season uh, with John Moran's suspension, but also with the way things went down against the Lakers in the playoffs, yes. in the first round there, and how they just completely did not live up to any expectations. And that is the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, You know, I think this is a team that, uh, you know, has made some brilliant moves. For one, you went out and traded and got Marcus Smart. So you knew after, you know, the I I poke Bears situation and Dylan Brooks and all the kind of the shenanigans that went on with that. Yeah, yeah. You knew that Dylan Brooks wasn't coming back. That was that was evident. And that was pretty much said to to a T, you know. After they lost to the Lakers, totally, and you
0: got a massive, and upgrade you got an upgrade
1: in Marcus Smart, a guy that can back up All his the game, way around. has yep. got some some offense to speak of, yep, um, and is a guy that can help Ja Morant,
0: yep,
1: Play, fits very well into the whole Memphis grind style of basketball.
0: He really does, dude. I've been a big Smart fan Me ever too. since his days at Oklahoma Me State in college. He was a guy yeah. that
1: originally for that draft year. He was a guy that was linked for the Lakers for a brief period Ooh, wow. of time. You imagine that? Uh, wow. Correct. Another guy. That another brilliant yep. move that I think um, they did because they didn't make a lot of moves thus far. Uh, uh, you know, but they went out and got Derrick Rose. Yeah. Yeah uh, and that move yeah. yeah. whereas Marcus Smart, yeah, maybe to some degree it's to help John Morant, but I think he was more of just like, well, we can't deal with Dylan Brooks anymore.
0: Yes. So let's yeah. go
1: get Marcus Smart. We gave up not a lot to get yeah. him. Beautiful yeah. move. Derrick Rose, I think he is that veteran presence that this roster outside of Steven Adams. Yeah. Is a guy that now can come in here. He's well-respected in the league. He is. He's, he's not exactly what he once was, but he has proven in his time thus far in the last five, six years or whatever, he does have tremendous value.
0: He does, yeah, he totally. He still has yes. the
1: ability at times to put the ball on the floor, to make things happen, to, to be a general out that, there on the That floor. first
0: year with the Knicks, you know, yeah. getting them in the playoffs, uh-huh. I mean, his presence was yeah. just, dead. I mean, it yep. was, a, like to your point, an important part of exactly. them. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, doing that, so
1: you know, I, I and then and then on top of that, you went out and you extended Desmond Bain, who you know a he's, he's, a, he's a good yeah. player. He's such a great complimentary piece to John Morant. Yeah, uh, and and you look and just about all the rest of the roster is there for them, um, and they only have lost to Dylan Brooks, who's now gone to Houston um, or. Rumored go to Houston. Right, but, you know, right. It's probably going to happen. Uh, Tyus Jones is another guy that they lost. Um, they lost him to Washington. Washington went out and picked him up. So, again, I, I like the moves that Memphis is making. Uh, you know, they, 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 they're they keeping a lot of their core guys. They're bringing in guys to help John Morant. Yeah. And, and yeah. they're helping guys. They're, they're bringing in guys, rather, excuse me, that – because. Don't forget, John Morant has now been suspended for the first 25 That's games of this correct. season yeah. because of the yeah. second gun incident, yeah. which, you know, we didn't even, we haven't even been recording since that went down and you that are was correct. A, yeah. that was 25 games, so I think it was a sham. But uh, I agree. Uh, it should have been more. But yeah. now you bring in guys with Derrick Rose, Marcus Smart, they can help weather this storm of, totally. of missing out point. on on Ja. Yeah. Yeah. Neither one of those guys has the athleticism oh, or the electric no, no, of course factor course of Ja but they can steady the ship. They can still provide defense. They can provide some offense. Beautiful moves. So I agree. That's, that's where I'm at. And they'll be both great leaders, which,
0: you know, they, after last season, they, they really needed. And, you know, Derek Rose, you know, he, he went to college in Memphis and, you know, he's, he's always had a lot of love for Memphis. He was a phenomenal college basketball player at Memphis. they, had one of the best college teams I've ever seen uh, with John Calipari as the coach there and, and the guys that they had. Uh, they were really good. And so, so with him coming back home, yeah. that city's going to embrace him. Yep. They're going to love him. Yep. They're already um, familiar with him. It's a beautiful. Exactly. Thing. Yeah. And he can kind of mentor Ja a little bit as a guy who came in. Was a superstar right away. I mean, you know, meteoric rise for the Bulls, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, Won an MVP early Mm -hmm. in his career. Had a lot of really good, good things going for him. Very much one of those faces, possibly, of the NBA. And then injuries set him back. But a guy that can be there and provide some veteran leadership that's been there before and done that. um, Say, hey, man, you know, I won an MVP when I was in your age and stuff like that. Yeah. Can be a good example. So I am with you, dude. I love what Memphis has done
1: right now. Cool. So right now we're gonna we're, let's finish up this round of free agent yeah, stuff. Yeah. with uh, let, Let's let's go to the Houston Rockets, dude. Okay. Okay. Let's go to the Houston Rockets because we just kind of uh, talking, talking about them because you know Dylan Brooks is going to go to Houston. You got uh, Udoka now, who's going to be the head coach? Uh, uh, yeah. You know, yeah. You've got. You, and you've made some moves. And you've and, and you and, and you've, you've traded away some guys. K.J. Martin just went to the Clippers today. Not No one else really have substance. Okay. Uh, but they went out and they got Fred Van Vliet away from Houston. Or from Toronto, excuse me.
0: That's a big signing for big them. one. Yeah, that's big a one. big signing. Fred Van Vliet was one of those guys that I had my eye on uh, for a variety of reasons. Because I felt like he would have been a good fit with a lot of teams. Yes. Uh, for sure. You know, uh, especially teams that just that really needed a point guard to help get the ball to their other playmakers, Um, and that's what Fred does. He's a very solid player. He doesn't turn the ball over. He's got a high basketball IQ. Shoots the three really well. uh, But isn't a guy that's going to force threes as Mm -hmm. well. He very much lets the game come to him, Mm -hmm. which is why he's such a great complementing player to Kawhi when they won that title a few years back. But Um, I love that move uh, for Houston. A young team kind of trying to round out a roster. A great guy to bring in to kind of run your offense. A guy that you know uh, doesn't have to shoot the ball 25 times a game. Doesn't necessarily have to have the ball in his hands for 10 seconds to make something happen. Very comfortable moving it around and letting the offense get going. I love that move.
1: Yeah, I I agree with you 100%. Uh, We talked about the aforementioned aforementioned, uh, uh, Dylan Brooks. Um, he's uh, he actually got paid, man. Four years, eighty million bucks, so twenty mil a year. Uh, you know, I, I, my hope is that as much as crap as we were talking after the Memphis, and he's he's definitely gone quiet. He's gone dark. He's oh yeah, he's he's, he's not. Yeah, he's. He's going to come out of of hibernation here at some point, and I'm sure he's going to have to face the music because he's going to have a press conference in Houston. Sure. Uh, You know, and I'm sure his playoff antics and everything like that is going to come up, and he'll have to answer for that. But, uh, you know, I think in terms of what they're trying to do in Houston and they're trying to take this roster of really talented young players and really kind of, like, Okay, you know we're we're in this rebuild mode, but also like we want to try and win some games. And, and yeah. when you look at, you know, all of last year, we had talked about through, through the NBA season, you know, how wide open things were. How you know you look at a Sacramento team that gets a new coach in Mike Brown, and they go from 16 years of playoff drought <laughs> yeah. to being a number three, three seed seat. in the Western yeah. Conference. Yeah. So if I'm Houston, I'm looking at that and saying. Why can't that be us? That could be us this year. You know, we yeah, we've got totally. great young talent in Jalen yep. Green, Kevin Porter, Jabari Smith. Like you you've got these great young players. Let's let's bring in some guys to help guide that shift, to yep. help steady that ship. One of the things point. they were not very good, I think they were one of the worst teams in terms of going into the fourth quarters or or having double digit leads and like losing the games. Like this was a team that just couldn't find a way to finish. Yeah. And 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 you know, don't deliver that, that knockout punch. Right. So, you know, I think Dylan Brooks, Fred Van Vliet, to your point, like, you know, Fred Van Vliet's a great steady hand. He's going to be able to get the ball to these guys and, you know, shoot the three. He's not going to command despite his salary. He's not going to command a lot in terms of shooting and being the primary option. Um, you know, Dylan Brooks is going to come in and, you know, he, he's going to provide defense you know, you don't need offense from him, and and I think that that's no, something no. that they're gonna put out there pretty quickly. Is like, look, we need you to be defense,
0: exactly,
1: and yeah. to show these younger players that. I mean, granted, yeah. you know, we also we talked about like his defense possibly being suspect, but we'll we'll just take it at face value. What he's known for, right? Yeah, yeah. And his resume, his resume says he's a defender. That's true. That's what he's going to do. An unheralded thing that I think they did today, which I like what Houston did, is they brought in, they went and traded a couple uh, draft picks for Patty Mills.
0: Yeah, that's a good move. Patty Mills
1: is going back to Texas. Not San Antonio, but he's going back to Texas. yep. Um, yep. And you know he he's going to be another steady hand, and he's yeah. a fantastic another, three point I shooter. I was
0: going to say another great three point oh. shooter there. yep
1: yeah. And then uh, one other thing that they did uh, that I think beyond just the draft in Amont and um, Thompson and Cam Whitmore, who was a, probably a steal, uh, you know, with the twentieth pick down there, they went out and got Jeff Green, who was fresh off of the NBA title with the Denver Nuggets, a guy that can shoot, still shoot the three. That's enough. Play some spot up minutes. But if I had to compare him to another player in the NBA currently yep. for this roster, yep. it's going to be Udonis Haslam down there in Miami. Oh, okay. All right. I'm not he's probably not gonna play a whole hell of a lot. Or DeAndre Jordan the way he was okay, in Denver sure. this season. All last right, year. yep, Yeah. Probably not gonna play a whole hell of a lot. Spot minutes, yeah, you know, injuries come up, whatever he's gonna play in there, and he might get, you know, his sure strength time's gonna be sporadic. He's coming in there for the specific intent, just like a Fred Van Vliet. To some degree, just like a Dylan Brooks, because he's been on some, you know, playoffs s- successful playoff teams. He's gonna be able to tell these young guys yeah. what you gotta do.
0: Yeah, that's a good point, Mikey. Yeah.
1: You know, kind of like KCP did this last season for Denver, yep. Jeff Green's not gonna be able to go in there and this is what it was like in our locker room. Yeah. This is what it was like. This is, yep. you know, this is what we're trying to do. He's gonna be an extension of the coach. I, and 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 I like that move for Houston. I, I I think it was a great move.
0: I agree, man. I think Houston did a really good job. I you know hats off to them. I'm excited to see what kind of a step forward they can make. Um, you know, and how quickly they've kind of been able to to re you know redo this roster with young talent and right. add these pieces because after that Harden trade, man, they they were left with nothing. I right, mean, they right. had nothing at all going for them. Um, so th- this is, uh, it's impressive to kind of see uh, the moves. We'll see how it all works out, of course, on the court. But looking at it on paper, you, you, you like, um, and you broke it down really nicely as far as all of these other guys, the roles, a lot, you know, that veteran kind of leadership as well working in there. But I I like the moves a lot. It's going to be, they're going to be one of the intriguing teams to see, you know, just how much they can improve. Um, and, you know, will they be next year's, you know, Sacramento, to your point? They very well could be Right, right. Uh, with these moves. So um, they certainly they're going to be a fun team to watch, I yeah. think, you know, and
1: a team to kind of keep your eye on um, to see. Um, I agree. Yeah. I agree. All right, folks, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a segment break. When we come back, we're going to break down some other moves, some other free agent moves, some, some teams um, that have made some, you know, some splashy additions and uh, other teams that have kind of, Camp things together. We'll catch you on the flip, guys.
0: Welcome back, everybody. Balls and Beards podcast season three, episode 10, cruising right along. Oh, yeah. Mikey and I, of course, are right in the middle of going through all of the NBA offseason moves here, free agency. We talked about some big trades already. We hit on a couple teams. We talked about the Celtics, uh, what the Grizzlies have done, what the Rockets have done. Um, you know, Bradley Beal going yeah. to the Suns now. Uh, now, you know, believe it or not, our two teams have made some moves as well. Yes, uh, to try stay, you know, stay in the the rate the contenders race, if you will. And I think both will will be contenders as well next year. But, Mikey, I'd I'd like to kick off the second part here of our free agency talk uh-huh. by kind of jumping in and talking about what our two teams have done. Okay, um, you know, maybe we'll start with Milwaukee just because okay. it's been, um, you know. The Lakers have done a little bit more. Uh, he, he, Milwaukee hasn't done too much, but the two moves were big ones, right? Yeah. They, you know, Middleton and Brooke Lopez brought them both back. Um, you know, Middleton of course opted out of that last year, but everybody felt like he was going to just get a different, longer Correct. deal, and that's exactly what happened. You know, Brook Lopez, we knew there was going to be a market for him. the The Rockets really were a team that I know offered a decent amount of money to him. He decided to run it back, you know, two-year deal, one more time with the Bucks. Of course, you know, Giannis is still under contract, and so is Drew Holiday. So you look at Milwaukee, they decided, hey, we're going to run it back. Yes, we had a, a playoff exit to the Miami Heat in the first round, which was disappointing. But, you know, we also understand we never really had a truly healthy Chris Middleton last year, and we didn't have Giannis for two-and-a-half or – two and three quarters, whatever of, Uh of that playoff series with Miami. So we'll run it back. We'll keep the nucleus intact and see what, what they can do. And, Of course, the GM has proven over the last few years to be really good at rounding out the roster. You know, they also decided to bring Jay Crowder back, who under Mike Boonholzer really didn't have a role, despite giving up like 17 second-round picks to trade for him during the season. So I'm glad they re-signed him, and they're going to give Adrian Griffin a chance to give this guy a role because – Um, We talked about Phoenix. Let's not forget how important he was, a guy that was playing D and was able to sit there and hit the three for him. We we haven't been able to kind of replace what PJ Tucker could do for us, which was really his kind of last good hurrah. He kind of fell off last year for the Sixers, so we're still kind of looking for that guy. Jay Crowder could certainly be that guy. So yeah. I, I like that they brought him back on a one-year deal, and, you know, he should have more of a defined role in this offense now, and he can kind of carve a way out. Um, so, you know, I know Joe Ingles went to to the Magic, which I figured, you know, not not a big surprise there. But um, as a Bucks fan, I'm happy that we were able to keep the nucleus intact. Um, you know, th- these guys are getting older, which we know, but – a three-year deal for Middleton, a two-year deal for Lopez. Those aren't bad deals, you know. Right. I mean, they're 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 the kind of deals you want to give guys that are in their early thirties that are getting a little bit older. Sure. Um, so I'm fine with all that. I, I think uh, I think it's perfect, and I I think they wanted to run it back. They like playing with Giannis. Obviously, a ton of success the last few years. And I think there's some excitement there, especially with the players about Adrian Griffin and what he can do yeah. as a head coach. So, uh, as a Bucks fan, I'm excited. It's not real splashy, but, you know, when you bring back the nucleus and a couple guys that were rumored to maybe at least, um, we're certainly going to get calls and other teams trying to lure him away. The fact that they brought him back, um, I, I mean, I'm happy with that, Mikey. Yeah. I, I feel Milwaukee's going to be right there as a contender once again in the East um you know one of one of the top contenders right there probably with Boston and we see what Miami finishes doing but um i i would have them you know right there and now you know the the hope is there's no offseason surgery this time around for Chris Middleton so we can go into next year with with a, a healthy roster all the way around and see what that can do so um dude what are your thoughts
1: you know uh this this is all about the, the moves that you just talked about. Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, Jay Crowder. You know, those moves are 100,000% just because the championship window is now.
0: It's now. It's right now. Yeah, and, it's you right know, now. When you,
1: are, when you have Giannis under contract, you still have Drew Holiday. You know, you have Bobby, Bobby Portis, you know, obviously. Yeah. Was, you, know, you re-signed, what was it, last year? Last year, yeah. Uh, you know, you got Pat Connington, uh, you know, Grayson Allen. I would I would predict probably going into this next season that Grayson Allen is a potential trade target. I agree. Um, yeah, uh, I agree. trade asset just yeah. because He's a good player, but he's young enough, and he does enough things that other teams might covet him. Yep. So, you know, if they're looking to maybe add a couple draft picks or, you know, maybe add a player of substance, sure. Grayson Allen's going to be the victim for you guys. I
0: agree 100%. Um, yep.
1: But, you know, by and large, you know, Brook Lopez, I have nothing against that dude. He, he like, consistently leads the league in blocks despite not being overly athletic. Yeah, uh, right? You yeah. know, he, yeah. he shoots the three ball. Uh, you know, he, he does a lot of good things. He anchors that defense. Uh, you know, he's that backline protection for Giannis to be aggressive, for Holiday to be aggressive, for mm. Porus and all those guys. Um, so I, I like that one. Jay Crowder's a huge one. I, I agree with you 100%, dude. He was disappointing when he went to you guys, and it was kind of one yes. of those things where it was like, cool, man, you guys got Crowder. That's that's scary because now. Giannis or, or maybe one of these other guys doesn't have to guard the other team's better larger right, player yeah. or whatever and take some of the, the, the onus off of them, and, and, and he really didn't create that. So maybe Adrian Griffin is able to, kind of like uh, Frank Vogel with DeAndre Ayton, yeah. help rediscover his abilities and, and unleash him uh, in, in a way that you know we're used to seeing. My thoughts on Chris Middleton are probably a little bit more muted um, than than yours. Uh, perhaps not because because I'm not a Milwaukee fan. Sure. And I yeah. can look at it maybe slightly differently. Um, I, I I think that his contract and he's going to be making like 34 million dollars. Um, that's a, I just I just kind of choke a little bit because that's a lot of money for a guy that can never seem to be healthy.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, really, the injury stuff's really been the last two years. But still, I mean, that's enough. I mean, he's when, not going to get When you younger, go into so. and
1: having those championship aspirations, and it's not you're losing him. I mean, again, I, I'm going to equate it to like an Anthony Davis situation. Yeah, right? yeah, totally. You know, Anthony Davis, he misses chunks of time. Yeah. Unfortunately so. But Chris Middleton will go through a really good stretch of basketball, get yeah. hurt, and he's done for the year. Yeah, no, I or, know. Or yeah. he's done for, you know, you, you know this full well. Yeah. I I get it, but at the same time, it's like I, I don't necessarily understand why the GM could be like, hey, look, Chris, we want you back. And I get it. There was rumors that Houston, because of their salary cap space and everything like that, there was teams yeah. that were going to give yeah. this dude a butt-ton of money regardless of his injury history just totally. because yeah. he is a phenomenal player. He when is. he is healthy, he is damn near one of the better premier guards and kind of, you know – uh, he's just a phenomenal player. I just i get i get hints of like Grant Hill vibes. You know what yeah. I mean? Where it's like he's so good when he's healthy, and then he gets Dude, hurt, that, I think hurt that's and it's fair. like yeah, I think that's fair. He's never quite he never quite comes so back I was the same. Kind of like
0: holding my breath to see what the contract would be. Yeah, because when you know when a guy opts out of picking up. A forty million dollar yep. tag for next year. You're kind of like, oh crap, what are we actually going to pay this guy? So, yeah, um, dude, I I think that's a very fair assessment, uh, no doubt about it. And and we're going to find out, right? I right. mean, you know, the 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 again, the the thought process is, well, we're going to get a healthy Chris Middleton next year. We'll see what happens. Right. I, and mean, I mean, right? You're you're, so, you're, you're
1: you're at this point in time, you're basing it off of you know what the hope is going to be, right? right you, you've got right. the faith that he's healthy. He's not like you said. He's not going through an off-season surgery where he's not coming into training camp healthy, like he's recovering. None of that, excuse me. None of that is existing. So I, I I'm with you on that, a hundred thousand um, percent. You know, uh, I, I just, and I mean, I, I'm glad that they're bringing it back. I mean, Chris Middleton, kind of like Giannis, they're they're a duo. They're kind of that C.J. McCollum, Dame Lillard type situation. Yeah, I think that by. Milwaukee was also smart, I guess, to some degree, because like you're right, he was supposed to make forty million this next year. Now dropping that six million dollars to this thirty four million, if if he's not quite working out or maybe the the Milwaukee Bucks are sitting kind of in a six, seventh, eighth spot in the Eastern Conference, you know what I mean? Maybe then there you you feel out like, hey, look, Chris Middleton's on a slightly smaller contract. It's yeah, three years. right. Yeah, yeah. You know, yep. what if we package him with Grayson and Allen? Yeah. And you see if there's a guy out there that you could trade for that is that's... going to in, in inject some, right. some life right. into this roster. Yeah. Uh, uh, because kind of like what we talked about with Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Marcus Smart. Right. You had three guys. You saw Marcus Smart now go to the Grizzlies. Right. Uh, this last couple years, you saw CJ McCollum, Dame Lillard, great duo going out there, battling it out, doing all these kinds of things. And then it was kind of like, okay, well, at some point in time, you got to look at your roster and say, okay, well, we're not getting rid of Giannis.
0: Oh yeah. Chris Middleton
1: is that next piece. Let's see what we can get for him. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, but I like what you guys are doing. I I think on paper, everything that you guys have going on, you're going to go into the, uh, Probably as the Eastern Conference favorites, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I don't know how people can put a Perzingus team in Boston ahead of. <laughs> I the would Bucks. agree. Yeah, uh, you know Miami. There's who knows what's going to happen. With right. Them. Anyway, I like I like what you guys have done. Absolutely. I'm just more hesitant yeah. on on the Chris Middleton. And game. I think that's completely
0: fair, dude. I I totally I totally get where you're coming from there. And, yeah. And. You know, if it does go south, that very well could be a scenario that ends up happening, yeah. right? You know, you might have to be realistic about it and say, okay, this is our best asset that we can float, um, and
1: see what happens. See so, what we can get. Yeah, them. yeah, totally, dude. All right, dude, what you got? Who uh, we doing? Who are we going? We got to go to your Lakers, oh, man. I don't. Okay. I, I, I can't Let's do it. wait any longer. Okay. I Let's you do know. It.
0: I You you guys already know, you know, I was banging the drum the whole time. I don't care what they do as long as they bring back Austin Reeves. And, you know, they made some other moves uh, today before they were able to secure Austin Reeves. But number one, um, that one, top of the list, big move right there. Number two, they've avoided this um, folly, in my opinion, of other teams and, and resisted the, oh, let's go add a third star. They didn't. Um, you know, try to get a Kyrie pairing. They didn't jump in the James Harden sweepstakes. Uh, they didn't jump in the Chris Paul sweepstakes as good as Chris Paul has been. He's 38 and would not have done much for the Lakers, in my opinion, except take up valuable money that would yep. have prevented you from rounding out your roster, which you spent beautifully, my friend. So I set the table. I got to let you bring out the goods now. But... um, Kudos on the Austin Reeves signings, but that was just really the cherry on top of the cake, my friend. Or uh, on the Sunday, uh, Mikey, lead us through the moves that your your Lakers have made, and uh, you know we'll we'll discuss those. But um, yeah, my friend, it's been a busy day. Oh.
1: <laughs> so. You know i'm i'm sitting there at work I, I was at a louis tomlinson concert last night with my oldest daughter
0: oh and, all right uh,
1: I'm, I'm occasionally checking my phone in between songs and whatnot checking instagram seeing what woes and, and and shams sure. are reporting and stuff like that and i'm like look and, and at one point my best friend john texted me or whatnot and we signed somebody i forgot who it was and, and it was like yeah but what about austin
0: yeah, yeah. And and yeah. we were
1: kind of talking about it in our little thread there, you know, with with Justin and its yes, like, Yeah, know, I don't care what's going on with Austin. I yeah. like I really do not care about really anything that we're doing. I, I I will process the moves that we are making. I I just want to know what's going on with you, Austin. Yeah. yeah. I, I I because look one of my favorite Lakers over the last decade or so has been was was and still is Aust- uh, Alex Caruso. Yeah, he was great. Homegrown guy, uh, you know, yeah. came in undrafted, two way contract, played for the G League, uh, was a two was promoted to a two way player. Ended up spending a significant amount of time with the Lakers and the and the, and the big league team. Uh, signed a regular season contract. Ended up fitting incredibly well uh, with LeBron James. Played his hearts out defensively, you know, shot the ball, could jump out of the gym. Just an exciting electric player that was just so rad. And, you know, and then the Lakers let him walk. And, and you know, and, and that was a very sad day. They let him go to Chicago. And it was just one of those things where it was like, what are you thinking? And it, and it was one of those off seasons where Rob Palinka decides to go a completely different direction and my worry going into this off season was that once again we captured lightning in a bottle, right? Like we had, we made we made the 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 move to get Rui. We made the yes, move yep. to to get uh, uh, you know Malik Beasley and 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 Vanderbilt and D'Angelo Russell. And next thing you know, in Austin, we have this emerging Austin Reeves, you know, and and William Gabriel, and, and all playing around LeBron and AD. And playing very very well, and we ended up going from not in the playoff picture, having one of the best records post All Star break in the NBA, and 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 we play the first two games of the play in tournament. We make it as the the seventh seed, eight, seventh seed, and then we beat the Memphis Grizzlies, who were the two seed, right? Like mm-hmm. then we go and we beat the Golden State Warriors, defending right? The defending yeah. champ Warriors, right? And then we get swept by the Denver Nuggets, but we made it to the Western Conference Finals. Western Conference. No players. one thought we were going to make They're it. Starting that far. two and ten. Yeah. 2 and ten. Yeah. So it was like the the, the trajectory in the history has told any Laker fan or any basketball fan that Polinka was going to blow this up.
0: Yeah. We were yeah. going to
1: lose out <coughs> on everybody, and he was going to possibly pivot. Dude, I'm getting so excited I need water, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was going to pivot, and, you know, right away, yesterday morning or Thursday or whatever it was, you know, Kyrie Irving, first thing in free agency, is going to meet with the Clippers and the Lakers, and it was like, oh, God, here we go.
0: Yeah, yeah. You
1: know, the Lakers are going to go out there, we're going to sign him, and you know, we're going to have to fill out our roster with a bunch of peons, and, you know, no offense, but, you know, we're, we're just yeah. not going to have the camaraderie, we're not going to have the chemistry, we're not going to have what we had last year. We got Austin Reeves. Yeah, Thank the Lord yeah. we got Austin Reeves. So having said that, congratulations, Austin Reeves. Yes. Super excited for you. Four years, 50 million bucks, whatever it is. From what I was reading earlier, Woz was reporting on it, or Shams, they they basically gave this dude, he's got a 15% trade kicker or something like that. So if they ended, he ends up getting traded, he gets a 15% bonus on top of his salary. They gave him as much front-loaded money as they possibly could. They did everything that was legally allowed in the CBA to give to this dude to make sure he signed with us. Yep. And, you know, I kept watching Instagram and whatnot like, okay, he's going to sign an offer sheet. He's gonna, but you're seeing, like, Fred Van Vliet go to Houston. We were talking about this yeah. in the basketball yeah. thread. And, you know, Justin was kind of worried about this. And I'm like, I was worried too, but at the same time it was like, yeah, but – no other teams are signing this dude. Like, yeah, yeah. You, you had the yeah. Spurs or Houston or some of these teams that were rumored to be in the mix for Reeves, and they were making moves on their own. They were making other moves. So, you yeah. know, clearly the Lakers put it out there like, nah, he ain't going nowhere. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, so congratulations to him. The next one, Rui Hachimura, glad he's coming back. Super stoked. He really came into his own in the playoffs there. He seemed yeah, to really totally. kind of yeah. find his niche. Yeah. For a yeah. while there, he came in, got traded for uh, played okay. They kind of had kind of a bad dip. Didn't really know what his role was. Had some pretty not great games in terms of his scoring and things of that nature. But really came on strong at the end of the year and in the, playoffs. and in the playoffs. He had some really nice games. Really, really nice games. Yeah. Accepted yep. that role off the bench. Yep. Here's a good guy that the Lakers are now bringing back that, you know, God forbid uh, Anthony Davis gets hurt or something. Another guy that can play well next to LeBron James can kind of Maybe not play a small ball five, but certainly play alongside uh, yeah. LeBron. Very good move there. Um,
0: I was excited when you guys traded for
1: him last man. year. You
0: know, I, I liked that move Gonzaga all the way around. And I'm, uh, yeah, totally, totally. Ooh. I liked his game. It felt like it could be a good fit for you guys. Yep. And as the season progressed, to your point it was, love that you brought him back as well yes. and then let
1: him get away. Yes. And a young Thank
0: guy. You. Young guy. That is just coming into right. his own. Only yeah. a couple years in this league. So.
1: Probably You know, going to be coming into his prime. So, you know, exactly yep. right. Uh, the one that I was shocked of probably the most, uh, I mean, other than what was going to go on with Austin, the one that surprised me the most was the Lakers getting Gabe Vincent.
0: Yeah, dude, that came out of nowhere. I was not expecting Gabe Vincent when I he, saw that. He I he said, was not.
1: What? Yes, he was not somebody that I had seen in any sort of rumors, t- you know, attached to the Lakers. And, you know, kudos to Rob Polinka in that front office, you know, say for maybe Kurt Rambis, for at least <laughs> keeping it under wraps that, you know, the Lakers were going to go after this dude. Um, but we're looking at a guy here that you know really played his heart out. Was was a big part of why the Miami Heat were as good as they were in the playoff run that they had. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now he's got finals experience. He didn't win obviously, but he's yeah. got finals experience. So you bring another guy in with Austin you know, with Anthony Davis and with LeBron James that has won a title that can, or or at least been in the finals, rather. Excuse me. Uh, that can help. The younger guys and and you know whatnot and he's still on the younger side of things so totally oh a man great great player um, you know and there, here's here's and here's where I want to go with this 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 sure. Laker conversation because you went out and got Gabe Vincent who took over the starting role Spo put him in as the starter point guard over uh, Kyle Lowry right yes yes. move Kyle Lowry to the bench that was a good move genius move they yep. bought into it playing yep. into it. Then the Lakers go out. They did another good move, and I, and I like this move. They went out and they signed D'Angelo Russell to a two-year deal, uh, you know, just a hair under you know forty million bucks in two years, thirty-eight million, I think is what it equates to. So yeah. D'Angelo Russell presumably is the starting point guard, right? I yeah. Mean, Gabe or or is Gabe Vincent the starter and and D'Angelo because D'Angelo was not a very good. He wasn't a presence in the, the Western Conference Finals. He was
0: not, but w- the meter really started to change for you guys once you traded for him, Correct. right? He had a great, great second half of the season right. for you guys. And then, like you said, each playoff series kind of just vanished a little bit more and a little bit more to the point he was kind of non-existent against yeah. the Nuggets completely. So, um, yeah, now you bring in Gabe Vincent. Now he's either going to get pushed, right, or right. or he comes off the bench. But it gives you options and great options right. at that and
1: yeah man. My, only, and it, my, my 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 thing is yeah. is that i just you know in that in that denver series and even to some degree in the in the, in the golden state series right
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know you had dennis Schroeder playing incredibly well and there was rumors and talk about, like, okay, well, Schroeder is going to take over the starting spot, and they're going to bring Russell off the bench. Sure, right, yeah. And, you know, then then it started coming up, like, okay, well, how, what's that going to do to Russell's psyche? What is that going to do for him mentally? What is that going to do to affect his opportunity to come back to the Lakers right, right. in the postseason? right, Or, you know, in off free agency, season, right? right? So, you know, my guess is, because if you look at the way that this has gone so far for the Lakers— Gabe Vincent was signed before D'Angelo. Yeah. Or at least, you know, agreed to sign. I'm thinking that, you know, Russell wanted the assurances that he was going to be the starter or at least compete for the starting job. Yeah, I think Uh, that makes sense. I I agree with you. You do. I agree with you 100%, Chris. Like, you have options now. Yeah. And Darvin Ham could sit there and be like, well, the starting point guard spot's not, you know, anybody's right now going into training camp. You know, kind of pull that line. But these two guys kind of battle it out. My guess is that Gabe Vincent also probably understands he's coming into the situation, knowing that D'Angelo was the starter right, last year, right? Knowing how successful the Lakers were with him in the starting lineup, but now come playoff time, now come you know some of those situations where maybe D'Angelo fades a little bit. You you plug in Gabe Vincent, and dare I say, I mean, look, we lost Shooter. Shooter went to the Toronto Raptors, uh, you know, on a two-year deal. Um, you know, Gabe Vincent pretty much sealed that deal that Schroeder wasn't going to be back. Oh, totally. Um, yeah. But I like this. Gabe Vincent, I think, is a upgrade over Schroeder.
0: I agree, a hundred percent. Better
1: three point shooter, maybe not quite as uh, uh, um, turnover prone. Sure. Gabe Vincent. I never heard of this
0: guy until the playoffs, and what he did against my Bucks. And then to every other team in this yeah. playoffs, I will not forget Gabe Vincent any time soon. Well, wasn't he like
1: the MVP of that first round? He I mean, against your Bucks. Well,
0: well, it was Jimmy Butler, but... Or in that second round? In that second round, it was him. Yeah, totally. I mean, mm-hmm. this guy was legit in five threes a game throughout the whole playoffs. I mean, yeah. really, really good coming out of nowhere. But um, And then I, I like the fact that he's going to a situation with you guys where it's not this, okay... You you made a run. You kind of you you burst onto the scene. Now I'm going to go to a team hoping to have this expanded role, and I need to have all this other stuff. No, nope, he's he's still coming into Lakers as a role player, building off of the success he yes. just had. Good point. Uh, that's great. Grateful. And the fact that you know that that you're you're bringing this guy in without the expectation of, all right, pal, here you go. You need to play 35 yeah. minutes tonight, and you need to score 20 a game, and blah blah blah. Nope. He, Come here and do exactly what you just
1: did for the Heat, but do it for us and yeah. uh,
0: out in LA. So, yeah, 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 exactly. I Love agree it. with you 100
1: percent with that. Couple other moves, guys, that the Lakers made that I that I'm you know I, I, I like. I, I think the jury's out a little bit on on how they're going to work out. Sure. Uh, the first free agent uh, that we signed uh, or at least agreed to terms with was Torian Prince, uh, who last played for Minnesota. Uh, he declined his um, player option with Minnesota uh, and. Um, I think for even more money, as it were, and then uh, he ended up signing with uh, the Lakers. Uh, a good defensive-minded guy, uh, yeah. You know, lengthy. Um, I think he's a guy that probably fits in pretty well with what uh, Darvin Ham likes to do. Sure. Uh, you know, uh, we're, we'll, we'll. You know, I, I'm interested I'm interested. I'm curious about that one. Uh, the other one, I think, that's probably a little on the splasher side, just because of where he was drafted and kind of his expectations coming out of college. Is Cam Reddish? Oh yeah, um, another 100%. guy who you know got drafted into a situation that wasn't particularly the greatest. Um, has kind of bounced around. I think he's what he got drafted by Atlanta. Did not exactly do very well there. Um, kind of didn't do anything. Got traded to New York. Uh, you know, was was immediately seemingly, even though they traded for him specifically traded for him. He wasn't part yeah. of the larger no, deal. No, no, he was They him. traded yeah. for him, and Tom Thibodeau promptly put him in the doghouse for some reason. Never found his footing there. Yeah. Uh, found his way to Portland, uh, where he played okay. I can't remember really anything. Neither. So I, I like this deal just from the standpoint of it's a cheap deal. It's a $2 million deal. I think it's only a one-year contract. Oh, wow. Uh, All right. I believe, or maybe it's two years. Um, but... You know, look, this is one of those kind of low-risk, high-reward type situations. A
0: hundred percent, Where
1: you can give this guy the opportunity, like, hey, look, Darvin Ham can tell this guy. This is clearly what Darvin Ham was – something he was good at last year, right? He can tell Cam, like, look, man, this is all on you. Yeah. The how you play, how hard you play, the effort that you give, you know, the teamwork that you give, the sacrifice that you make. Like, you go out there and play your role, you got plenty of playing time. It's it's all on you. It's all on you to, to, you know – there's no expectations, uh, you know, it, really. Um, you know, he, he's going to have the opportunity. I mean, you look at the depth chart for the Lakers at that position, at the kind of that 2 3 spot. He's going to be, yes, LeBron's probably going to be playing a lot of four. So you're going to have him, Cam Reddish. You're going to have uh, uh, Hachi, Austin Reeves. You're going to have Vander, Vanderbilt you're going to have an opportunity to play. Oh, totally. Um, Yeah. You know, and, and, and it'll be interesting to see if he can kind of help recreate that, Mm -hmm. see if under the guidance of somebody like LeBron James and some of those guys, he's able to kind of, you know, work through that. Another one that I'm really fond of because Mo Bamba, unfortunately the Lakers cut him, uh, uh, and, and he, he's a free agent. There was talk about him going, coming back to LA, um, I you think don't this, need him, dude. Oh, that's my yeah. honest opinion. <laughs> I think this next deal that I, I'm about to talk about, I think kind of seals the deal that Bomba's not coming back. Yeah. And it's kind of sad because I was excited for what he would be able to potentially do on, with us. came in league with a lot of fanfare, yeah. dude. This um, guy. But he got hurt and unfortunately just did never really found yeah. his footing. We went out and got Jackson Hayes from New Orleans. Who, yeah. you know, looks like Sideshow Bob from The, from the Simpsons. That's right. But he he's does. an active big. Yeah. He protects the rim. He rebounds he gets flies around the floor he's a good pick and roll you know kind of a target a yeah. good lob target yeah. um, not a lot of he's a blue collar player I think he's yes. a guy that's yeah. going to fit in very well kind of reminds me of a younger JaVale McGee okay uh, and right. who the Lakers had and had success with I sure. like this move I, I I think this is a good move um and, you know, again, one of those situations where you have a low-risk, high-reward type totally. situation. yeah. yeah. Um, I really, really like that. Uh, I like what the Lakers are doing, man. Troy Brown Jr., who I liked when we picked him up last year, he's going back to Minnesota, who drafted him, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And Turner Shooter, I mean, he's the other guy. He's going to Toronto on the two-year $26 million deal, I believe it is. Um, so I like it. We also drafted a couple guys that I'm yeah. excited yeah. about. Jalen Hood, Shafino. Um who who's got Kobe mentality tattooed on him. I like uh, that. You know, there we go. Max, oh, yeah. well, Max Lewis, uh, who also I'm excited about. I, I, I like what we're doing here. I, I I Max Lewis, I'm interested to see if he spends more time in the G League than he spends with sure, the big team. Sure. But yeah, Hood I'm excited about, man. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I like what the Lakers are doing and if I'm looking at the Western Conference from a playoff standpoint, dude, kinda like we were talking about with your Bucks. Yeah. And we're able to build on our success that we had last year.
0: I, I like our chances. I like your chances too, Mikey. I like what um, – I'm with you. I like what you've done overall. But, like, so let's – okay, from an outside perspective, sure. yeah, what please. did the Lakers just do? Well, number one, they didn't screw up by letting the one guy that they needed to bring back the <laughs> cool. most get away. Yeah. Uh, as you, you know, pointed out, Austin Reeves got him back. D'Angelo Russell – Not sure whether you'd be able to bring him back or not. Clearly was a difference maker during the regular season to help turn the ship around in his second stint in L.A. Able to bring him back. Adding Gabe Vincent, a guy who just had an incredible playoff run, breakout. I mean, just clutch. You talk about clutch shooting in a play Throughout not just one series, but the playoffs, that was Gabe Vincent. Talked about it, not expanding the role, bringing him in, adding depth. I liked Rui when you traded for him. Obviously, he blossomed, especially in the playoffs. You get him back. Yeah. Um, You know uh, Hayes as well. I I like how you broke down his game. How that's going to fit. So not only do you add depth, you add shooters, which you need um, to compete in this league. But in my opinion, with these these uh, and then a couple smart moves like you said that are very. You know, low risk but potentially high reward with a couple of these guys. Cam Reddish has got game. It's yeah. just a matter of getting it all he played together. Played at Duke, right? He played at Duke um, during uh, I, I want to say it was game four or five of the Eastern Finals against my Bucks a few years ago when Trey Young was hurt. They brought Cam in, and he scored like sixteen in the third quarter and mm-hmm. and. Was their top scorer for two of the that those playoff games. So he's shown flashes of that potential when given the opportunity. So again, I, I like that part, but again, it's it's adding depth and a yeah. guy that can score. But also, and you know, with to your point before, and we you talked about it with Middleton, but Okay, LeBron is getting older. We know LeBron is going to have to load manage to an extent. Mm -hmm. We know Anthony Davis is going to have to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. I feel like you have enough depth now that hey, if LeBron is hurt and is going to miss twenty games, or AD has got to be out for twenty games, eh, you know what? Not that big a deal. I think you know. Again, I mean, the talent level doesn't
1: drop off a cliff. It it
0: doesn't go off a cliff like it did before. You've got depth and you've got options. And guys that have shown glimpses of doing it before. you know, Is Cam Reddish going to be LeBron? No. But could he step in on a night LeBron's off and give you 20 points? Yeah, he could do that very easily. Especially with the other shooters you have on the floor. You guys are going to be difficult to guard no matter what five guys are out there now. Because you've got shooters everywhere. Mm -hmm. And you've got different guys that bring different things to the table at every position. Rui is very much a different kind of player than ad is but i would say he's quicker uh he's obviously he's a lot younger he's got a different element to his game ad is always going to be dominant around the rim provide you with that that part of his game and we saw it when he's healthy and right he still has that ability to go off i mean he he had a couple at least one 50 point game i mean he had a couple outstanding games against my bucks when we played head to head this year that i remember very well. So I just from all of and he was virtually
1: unstoppable against the Memphis Grizzlies in the first round. He was, yeah, totally. It it made you the way he was able to beat up Jaron Jackson Jr. You had to question why he was the defensive player player of the year because you were like, "Well, wait a minute, Anthony Davis is yeah, is taking his cookies right now, man."
0: Yep, yep. So you look at you guys and and what you did and. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of adding depth and giving yourself options at certain positions in a good way. Not having three superstars that play the same position and then have to figure out who's going to get the ball all the time. Define role players that know what they're going to do, yeah. that are good shooters, and that you know, to me, that that's a recipe for success. I like what you guys did. I, you know, right now we'll see how everything else shakes out. But I, I, the way it stands, I'd have the Lakers right there with Denver in the West. I, okay. I mean, anybody could argue me differently, but I'm not sold on the Warriors getting older. Um, I will get to them, I'm sure, in a minute too. But I really like, from an outside perspective, what you did. I I would have gave you guys an A just by bringing back Austin Reeves and Russell. And Hachimura and just yeah. keeping those guys right, yeah. and then you talk about the other guys you added in. It's an A plus plus plus, like yeah. you know, good job, Rob Palinka, from going from a can you know proverbial F to an A plus yeah. plus. So yeah. kudos to your Lakers, Mike. Yes, even sir. from an outside perspective. Uh, very, uh, very fond of what you guys did. Yeah, I agree. Thank you, percent, man. All
1: right, so we're gonna take one last segment break. When we come back, we're gonna just run down. You know, we talked about the Chris mentioned the Golden State Warriors. Uh, I think it bears mentioning. We talk about them and what they've done so far. Sure. Uh, and then maybe another team or two. So we're gonna catch you on the flip, guys.
0: Welcome back, everybody! Balls and Beards Podcast, Season Three, Episode Ten. Cruising right along. Mikey and I, of course, have been taking y'all through for NBA free agency and the flurry of moves to start everything off. The last segment, we devoted some time to our two teams, of course, the Bucks and the Lakers. Yeah. Um, very high marks from both of us with what those teams have have done. Maybe we'll finally see that uh, finals, you know, next year, you know, going way, way early preview here. But, you know, we got a lot to to get to before that would happen. But needless to say, Mikey, I think our two teams have given us something to be excited about going into next year. That being said, we need to touch on a couple more big franchises before we put our, you know, uh, ribbon on this NBA free agency extravaganza. And then we'll be back (laughs) to talk about some other things when the dust settles. But... Let's go up to Golden State, my friend, where okay. you know we're a year removed from the Warriors, adding another title to this, you know, latest dynasty streak here. But yes, yes. you know, a um, couple moves. Uh Draymond Green, of course, was was one of the big names. Would they bring him back? Would he finish his career there? Would he end up going somewhere else? We got the answer. They brought him back. I in my opinion, a little bit more money than i expected but they really love what he does and when you know steve kurt goes and gives a press conference and says we aren't winning anything without draymond green i mean that kind of leaves the front office with a you know hands tied situation but the uh, the bigger move in my opinion out of those was trading jordan pool and then bringing in chris paul of course um Mikey, before I I give my thoughts on that, I'm super intrigued to get your thoughts on those moves, those couple in particular, and how you feel about the Warriors right now um, going into next year. Is this a team that can get back to winning another title, or do we still need to see what else they can do, if anything, this offseason? What's your opinion on this
1: roster after these couple moves? Yeah, so... I mean, I think, okay, look, I think they're kind of head-scratchers. Draymond is not a head-scratcher. No, Draymond's not. uh, You know, as much as people like to talk, ourselves included, about, you know, the prospect of Draymond going to, you know, a Lakers team or or going to another, you know, some other franchise, he very much, kind of like Steph Curry, I think at this point, you know, there's certain guys that you just, you don't see them wearing any other jersey. No. uh, Other than what they are. And even if Draymond finishes out this 40-year contract and decides he still wants to play and he goes to play for, you know, whoever um, as right. as a veteran, you know, he's still going to be known yeah. as a Golden State Warrior. Totally. Um, yeah. You know, I, I don't mind that at all. I mean, he's still kind of that cog and, in in, in, you know, he, he's still that main piece that as good as Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and those guys are – you could argue that the whole the whole motor runs because of Draymond Green. That's a great point. Yeah.
0: Um so yeah. So,
1: so I like that move. I, I think that was the right move. I agree. Uh, I agree. You know, I I think Jordan Poole being traded was interesting just from the standpoint that he was kind of the Bob Myers, who's no longer with the team as the president GM, right, he kinda right. was playing this like we're gonna we're gonna have our foot in two different pools, right? He was gonna have like the win now with Clay and and Curry and Draymond. Sure. And then we're gonna have the like let's build for the future with Jordan Poole, uh Patrick Baldwin, yeah, uh yeah. uh Jonathan Kaminga, okay, uh, Moody, yeah like Wiggins to some degree. So we're gonna sure. we're gonna kinda put in two different pools, right? Two different lanes. No no pun intended, Jordan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then, But I think kind of last year was kind of the start of, of the end of that because you had Draymond punching Jordan Poole. They never right. seemed to be clicking or, or gelling yeah. after that. They seemed just kind of off. So they needed a reset. Jordan Poole probably needed a reset. I agree. Just signed that massive contract. Yep. He really did not have a great, kind of like Dylan Brooks in the first round. Jordan yeah. Poole had a terrible second round against the Lakers. He didn't. You know, uh, yeah, we yeah. kept like texting and stuff like that, watching games and whatnot, whether it was us or uh, sure. other friends of mine. And it was like, I'm just waiting for Jordan Poole to start going well, off and hitting yeah. three, four, five threes. Yeah. And like all of a sudden turns it around and we lose, you know, and it never happened. Happen. No. Nope. Uh, in fact, he was taking terrible shots. God awful shots. Yeah. Um so I'm not I'm you know, Divincenzo, he didn't quite fit in, in Golden State. No. Um so no. I'm not surprised about him yeah, me leaving. Either. The one that just baffles me, this is the head scratcher, is Chris Paul. I, I don't I don't get this one. Because you have a guy who's very methodical, who is very by the book, plays the pick and roll, uh, you know, he's still a re, he's a solid, you know, mid-range shooter. He's a pretty good three-point shooter. It's not what he once was defensively because he was crafty defensively. Yeah, he
0: was. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, Yep. I'm not quite sure. So unless you're playing pick-and-pop where Steph Curry is setting the screen or Wiggins or or Clay Thompson setting the screen and then rolling out to the three-point shot and allowing Chris Paul to either get to the rim – where he's okay. He's still old, so, you know, I, I don't know. He's not quite a finisher around the rim anymore. I, I, I don't know how this works offensively or defensively for the Golden State Warriors. Right,
0: yeah. I, I've got I... way
1: too many question marks with regards to this. I, I don't I don't know. And, you know, originally when this move happened, you know, the the, the rumor immediately was like, oh, well, they're going to waive him. They're, they're going to cut right, him, yeah. and he's going to go sign somewhere else. And then the Warriors came out and said, well, no, we, we have no intention of doing that. We're, we're keeping yeah. him. Um, I'm guessing he comes in off the bench. I, I, I don't, you know, $30 million is a lot of money to pay for somebody to come off the bench, especially somebody who's the point god. You yeah, know? yeah, right. Yeah. I, I don't understand this because Golden State plays chaotic basketball, but it's beautiful basketball. Everybody yeah. knows where they're supposed to be. Everybody's moving around. Uh, uh, you know, on the offensive end, just looking crazy. And then you have Chris Paul. I, I don't get it. I, I don't understand it. If there's any sort of mad scientist that might be able to figure out how this works and what lineups work the best, it's going to be Steve Kerr, I think. Sure. Yeah. Um. I just don't know in the grand scheme of things. Defensively, you didn't get. Maybe it's a wash because Jordan Poole wasn't exactly a great defender either, Chris, but. But Chris Paul's older, so at least Jordan Poole had the foot speed, presumably, to keep up yeah, with some yeah. other players. Chris Paul doesn't have that. Chris Paul is also hurt. Yeah. I, I don't know about this one, man.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of, you know, felt the same way. You know, I wasn't surprised that Jordan Poole was traded because, I don't know, man, we talked about it, of course, you know, last year on the podcast and everything. But I just, you, you can't. You can't have an incident like they had before the season yeah. started, and have it become public like that, yeah. and then expect that guy to work right. out there anymore. It's just not going to happen. So, um, and he, honestly, but, you know, people can say what they want about him, but um, I, I wouldn't have been real happy last year either because yeah. you gave me a contract. One dude punches me in the face. Somebody from that organization leaks that tape out to the public. I'm not going to be real happy about right. that because that's a closed practice. So somebody from that organization yes. let that out. That's the bottom line. So I'm probably not going to be real thrilled. I'm going to have a hard time buying in 100% because the you know the one time my competitive juices start to pick up, I get punched in the face No, So I figured that wasn't going to work out. So the trading part. But to get older and significantly older, mm. and bring in health questions with it is is my big question mark with mm-hmm. that. I did not expect the Warriors to be any any kind of Chris Paul market. You know, I thought very much, um, you know, the the Clippers seemed like the logical team to me for him to go back to. So, I thought you made great points. I, I'm not really sure. How he fits yet 100% offensively, but with Steve Kerr and the veteran team that they have there, you know they'll probably figure out a way to make it work. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really the defensive side, um, you know, for me because here's the other team, the other thing. I mean, how your Lakers are now presently built, Denver mm-hmm. lost Bruce Brown, but they have everybody else coming back. How does this Golden State team, first and foremost, stack up with those two teams? And I don't. You know, hey, Steph's great. You brought Draymond back. But this is an older team now, and I I don't know if Chris Paul helps you in any way, you know, beat a Lakers or right. beat a Nuggets right now. I just, I don't know. Um It's intriguing, that's for sure. I mean, if there was one place for Chris Paul to go to have a really good chance to win a title, probably here, you know, because they didn't have to also gut the team to bring him in, too, right? So, like, I don't, you know, the Lakers, I I don't It would have handicapped you from being able to make the signings that you guys did. So, I guess one team for this guy to go to to really try to chase that championship, it, it makes sense in that regard. But yeah. right? um, as you kind of broke down, I, I just, it'll be interesting to see how he fits. More importantly, if he's going to be healthy come the playoffs. and. You know how that swap out essentially works where jordan Poole uh you know for chris paul yeah that's going to be interesting but i'm with you it, I, it's kind of a head scratcher and you know i'm not probably going to have golden state much higher than where they finished last year going into next year probably around that sixth spot yeah um so yeah i i don't know yep. it's a little bit of a head scratcher. with you dude. i'm yeah. with
1: you man yeah. i we are in agreement on that um the other team, real quick, yeah, that, you know, kind of went out there and and you know they've they've done they've done some pretty good things. Um, is uh, Justin's Dallas Mavericks, yeah, um, yeah. you know, uh, obviously the big the big news there is you know Kyrie agreeing to stay on a what four year deal, three four year deal, one hundred twenty six million dollars, uh, ridiculous amount of money, yes, uh, you know, to continue on with this Kyrie Irving Luka Doncic uh, experiment. Um, you know, but I, I think for me, the moves that they've done thus far have been their peripheral moves. Chris. Yeah, right. Yes. Exactly. You know, uh, yeah. uh, they went out and they got, uh, a, a guy that's been rumored in trade rumors for a couple seasons now out of Sacramento, uh, Holmes, the center of Ratron Holmes,
0: uh, yes. who,
1: who kind of fell out of the rotation. He was playing very well. And then, you know, Mike Brown kind of came in there, whatever, and he wasn't playing as much. Uh, obviously Sabonis came in and everything like that. But he's a good, active, big body that, you know, he can rebound. He's, he's physical. Uh, you know, he's a good pick-and-roll type player. I think he's going to be an excellent target for either Kyrie or Luka. Um, I like that move for them. I... I in his like third or fourth stint now with Dallas, the 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 Dallas Mavericks go out and they get Seth Curry. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the I Curry Justin buzzer. was excited about. Yeah, he that was one. Justin. He, he was. was because I mean, look, yeah. you know, uh, Curry, uh, he's he's a Curry and he shoots the three ball. He shoots totally. incredibly well. Yeah. He's competitive. Uh, he obviously knows that team. He, yes. he does know Luca. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, he, he, he that's a great pickup for them. I agree. Another one that just happened here within the last, ooh, you know, thirty minutes to an hour or so, got that got across the waiver okay, yeah. wire here, um, and that is they agreed to terms on a, a contract with Dante Exum, who out of Australia, who was kind of this point guard prospect. He too was linked to the Lakers at one point in time uh-huh, going into okay. that draft. Because um, that was the draft, if I'm not mistaken, that D'Angelo Russell came out of.
0: Oh, and,
1: um And, you know, a, a kind of a lengthy, you know, combo guard type of a player, ball handler, uh, more of a defensive-minded type of a dude. Um, so I like that move. I mean, I think kind of like the Lakers moves of Prince and Cam Ruddish, I like the move of Exum just because I think it's a... Low risk, high reward type okay. situation. Yeah. You know, he's, yeah, he's totally. been away from the NBA. He's had a couple more years to mature. Now he comes in here in a situation where he's not going to have an exorbitant amount of uh, uh, you know expectations put on him. Uh, so I like that move. The other thing that they did, uh, uh, kind of under the radar, is they re-signed Dwight Powell, um, who was oh, also okay. a pretty big piece yeah, for them in, yeah. in terms of. You know, what they like to do okay. and whatnot. I haven't heard so, that one
0: yet. I like that.
1: I do like what Dallas has done. I, I think Jason Kidd's got some good pieces there now to, to be able to work things out. Yeah. And, you know, expectations are going to be high, uh, you know, without a doubt. Uh, when you have Luca, who's a perennial MVP candidate, yeah, um, and Kyrie Irving now, I, I mean, and now there's no... Is he, is he gonna stay? Is he gonna go? Right. That yeah. Question's been yeah answered. That's done now. So yeah, now the expectation yeah. is okay. Well, let's win up some games. Yep, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so totally. Let's not tank in the playoffs to to you know <laughs> to, to get there. So that's all I got. What do you got about the Mavericks? What do you think, man? Um,
0: I like the moves, dude. I I'm with you. I I think those were, you know, good moves on the peripheral. Um, you know, I I'm. I just that team underperformed so badly last year. I I'm I'm curious, I guess, to see how much they can actually, you know, turn it around. I agree with you. I think the expectations are going to be there. Uh-huh. Uh but I don't necessarily know if uh based off of where they finished and and how they played even when Luka was healthy, you know, before kind of shutting it down at the end of the year and and making the trade for Kyrie where they went the other way. Um, they never were really playing that great of basketball at any point right. last year. You know, yeah, they were the four seed at one point at like two games above 500. So they were never that big of a team. They've got to get back to playing up to their potential. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, I think having that question answered of Kyrie, whether he's going to go anywhere or not, getting Seth Curry back, a guy that can shoot, they need that. They need that compliment for Luca's game to help space the floor and let him be able to do what he can do. Um it'll be exciting to see what him and Kyrie can do together now for a full season. So um yeah, I I I mean I think they're solid moves. I don't really know where I would put Dallas yet going into this season as just as an intriguing team. When you got a guy like Luca, it'll be interesting. But we yeah. know this when you got a guy of Luka's potential and you're now two years removed from a Western Conference final you better get back in the playoffs right. because i i mean you, you 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 talk about going the complete opposite way with a young star player you got to figure out a way to get back yeah. positive momentum with this guy so Correct. hopefully that'll happen and they'll be back in the playoffs you know lucas such a great player and so electric i would love to see this pairing in the playoffs again and and see what they could do right yeah. especially 100% healthy so I'm it's intriguing you. um I'm not quite ready to like put them in the top four yet, but you know, it's, it's, it's an intriguing move. And I think if I'm a Mavericks fan, if I'm Justin, I'm
1: pretty happy overall where we're at. So, well, I mean, you know, keeping Kyrie definitely means like, okay, well, like we didn't, we didn't. Trade for him to watch him get angry. you and, had and, and to, then,
0: whether you like him or not, you, you had to you,
1: after that trade. You didn't let right? him just walk for nothing, for nothing. And then you yeah, exactly. So, right on, great point. So, Steve. all right, guys, well, this has been uh, uh, season three, episode 10, our uh, NBA uh, post uh, free agent NBA finals extravaganza. As Chris likes to put it, oh yeah, uh, you know we've kind of gone through some of the early free agent signings yeah. and trades and whatnot. You know, hey, next time we record, we might have a new team for Mister Dame Lillard. Yes, yes, um, most much, likely yes. we'll have to, we'll hear about and know the end uh, or beginning. Um, you know, because every ending has a beginning. Um, you know, beginning has an end. Whichever way it is. Uh, for James Harden saga, uh, he's opted into his contract and he's requested a trade and Mm -hmm. Philly's going to try and find that and facilitate that. So Harden uh, always giving
0: us stuff to talk about Mikey. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. He's the
1: gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. Thank God the Lakers have made moves that are going Mm -hmm. to prevent us from trading Mm -hmm. for him. Thank the Lord. Uh, I mean, signing trade is still possible, but please God, no. Uh, Uh, anyway guys, so we're going to have some of that stuff to talk about. Um, and, you know what? Training camps are right around the corner in the NFL. Oh, yeah, uh, dude. You yep. know, We're just Buda Baker there. is going to come in, and he said, regardless of the trade request, he's, he's going to show up. So, right on. Um, hey, that's what you do. That's being a professional. That's a professional. And that's, you 100%. know. 100%. Absolutely. I, I like that. Absolutely. You know? I like that. Maybe, maybe they can convince him to not want to trade. Anyway. Okay. Uh, so, there you have it, guys. Thank you for listening. Uh, enjoy your 4th of July weekend. Um, have a good one. Be safe. And Chris, nice to have you back in um, sunny, blazing hot California.
0: Yeah, it's nice nice to be back. Nice to be back. Back at it doing the podcast. Yes, sir. It was awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, Just like you said, everybody have a great Fourth of July weekend. Enjoy the holiday weekend. Happy Independence Day. I forgot to mention one very move, so very last second before we wrap it up. Uh, my Bucks nabbing Drew Timmy uh, as oh, a yeah. drafted free agent. Yes. Mikey, I oh, was yes. delighted yes. to see that happen. And then uh, bringing back uh, Brooke Lopez, I could see him... Being mentored there, but I mean, uh, you know me—I love guys that are successful and win in college. And that guy did a ton of it, you know. Um, yep. I was—I was pleased with
1: that. I just had to throw no, that. In no, 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 yeah. no. I'm I'm stoked about that one too. I hope he sticks around on the roster and, and finds too. a place to play there in in, in Milwaukee. So all right. all right, guys, thank you for listening. Give us a follow on Instagram at Balls and Beards Podcast. This is season three, episode ten in the books. Thanks, guys.